Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. In the zone. Can you feel it? She's sweeter than a glass of chocolate milk and louder than a morning rooster. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. And welcome to a finally Friday morning. I'm glad you're along with us. I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. Looks like some rain showers are going to be along with us by at least this afternoon. Otherwise, today very pleasant. Partly sunny skies, 78 are expected high for a Friday. Tonight, down to 49. For tomorrow, sunshine and 77. Sunday, sunshine and 84. Monday, partly sunny skies, 85 degrees and another sliver of a chance of rain in that forecast. How much rain can we expect? Stu Mucker, Ag Meteorologist, brings us those weather details in about 15 minutes. We need you and your rain gauge. It's time for the Rural Mutual Rainfall Report, and we need you to text your rainfall reports to 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. Be sure and include your name and where you're reporting from, because every month we'll pick a winner that will get a digital weather station, courtesy of the Midwest Farm Report and Rural Mutual Insurance. Premiums paid here stay here to keep Wisconsin strong. The battle continues in the ethanol industry over a lot of issues. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire. Small refinery waivers, transportation issues, what's going to happen with the renewable fuels mandate. Pam, there's a lot of issues that the ethanol industry is working hard on right now, and I'm sure there's going to be issues down the road as well. Yeah, you bet, Bob. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. You know, it's been a couple months since we got an update on how Wisconsin's ethanol industry has been trying to recover after the pandemic. Remember, uh, we had some of our ethanol plants in the state that were forced to shutter when nobody was driving. Uh, Some pivoted and started making hand sanitizer to help their communities and just offset, uh, basically laying people off. Eric Hushett is the CEO, general manager of Badger State Ethanol in Monroe, also the current president of the Wisconsin Biofuels Association. So I caught up with him. I wanted to know what the status of our Wisconsin ethanol industry is today and what challenges are still out there. And uh, it goes everything from the supplies they need within the ethanol plant, like corn stocks, as well as some of the support materials, all the way through to the concerns that many ethanol processors, as well as agribusiness companies in general, have about a potential mandate from the federal government as far as vaccination and what that could do to their labor pool. Eric gives us a quick update on the state of the state for our Wisconsin ethanol producers. Yeah, when we last talked, uh, to your point, it was as dire as you can imagine. We were shutting down because of a uh, lack of demand for the fuel, ethanol, at that time frame, and we're really struggling and having all the issues to manage around that. One of the issues right now in the industry right now, Pam, is um, the ethanol industry is really, really struggling to find enough corn to keep grind at a pretty rampant pace right now. So what we're seeing week after week, every week now for a number of weeks, we've had our ethanol production number nationally come down because uh, the marketplace uh, running out of corn and waiting for this new crop to start up. So right now, the good news is is there's margin in ethanol. 
There's margin to buy corn. There's margin to put it through here, get our coal products out, get our CO2 out, everything else. We're all ready to go. It's just a matter of really right now the first item of business is replenishing the corn stocks, of which we all know that our production agriculture uh, community is uh, days away in the state of Wisconsin from starting shelling some corn and, and getting that uh getting that process started. Now, for some farmers, they may never have dealt with their ethanol plant as far as the market's concerned. Uh, is there anything they should know, Eric, about the way an ethanol plant operates versus their local country elevator? You know, that's a great point. And, and, and I would say this, Pam, in, 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 in Badger State Ethanol's uh, case, we're one and the same. We, we originate our corn through the country elevator network. Um, and we do that so that they're they're face and their intermediary is always going to be the same, and we always work with uh, these country elevators who've been here for decades and, and decades, um, and so we work with them to originate our corn versus going direct. But the bottom line is the only changes that they're really going to have to be sensitive to are, are just a few, and that would be the discount schedules, you know, as a producer gets in the field and starts harvesting corn, a lot of ethanol plants aren't uh, designed to dry corn. So they need dry corn to be put into their milling process to put in their fermentation. So if a farmer were coming corn out of the field here in the next few weeks and we have moisture in the 20s, likely going to have to go through a country elevator to get dried anyway. Now, there's some ethanol plants that may have drying capacity, and just understanding the difference in the drying rates and things of that nature, that's going to be in the best interest of, of, the, uh, of, of the producer to be familiar with that. But I would say this, uh, not very often in my history, uh, and I've been merchandising grain for, oh my goodness, uh, over 30 years now, um, and, and not that often do we have an inverse this severe. And what I mean by that is the basis for corn today versus the basis on corn even a week from now is there's a huge, huge inverse in the market. So uh, a producer may legitimately be getting 20 to 30 cents more a bushel for corn this week versus next week. And that's just due to the fact that this really played out this year with the Chinese imports of our corn. Um, we ran the pipeline down, and now the industry is really paying up on basis to get these early bushels. And the reason they can do that is because the ethanol price reflects a price in which they can afford to pay a, a higher premium on basis right now. Eric Hushitz, along with the CEO and general manager of Badger State Ethanol, Monroe, also president of Wisconsin's Biofuels Association. One issue that all of agriculture, anybody really, has been facing, that's the shortage of labor, Eric. How do you see that playing out when it comes to the fall harvest and continuing ethanol production? You know, to your point, Pam, I've, I don't know that we could have ever imagined seeing an environment and, you know, you you try to look at the cup half full and what a great environment it's going to be for the young people of this state that are entering the workforce or graduating from universities, from technical schools, or out of high school, uh, for, you know, can, can enter into a profession that is very, very lucrative right now. So, you know, a blessing for that. Maybe we can keep some of this homegrown talent here in the state of Wisconsin, which we've been battling for decades as well. But as far as from the business side, Pam, it is as scary as a thing and as hard of a thing to manage. When I look at Badger State Ethanol managing this plant, and we do about a quarter of a billion dollars in sales every single year, but what is scary, Pam, is it doesn't matter if it's our sulfuric, our anhydrous, our enzyme, it doesn't matter if it's our corn, our natural gas, it doesn't matter if it's the steel for the track mobile that runs our yard. 
every single thing that we put through this plan is seeing massive inflation and prices going up um, into the point where you try to keep the cost in control and you try to figure out a way to have margin to, to offset those costs. But I've never, I've never seen anything like this or even feel comfortable saying how we're going to manage through it because every single week we're seeing more steel surcharges or freight surcharges. And to your point, that's if you can find the people that can do the work, if you can find the truck that's available to have a, a hauler that's willing to haul at these points in time. So I am afraid this hasn't come to roost yet fully in the fact that, you know, especially now when you look at this COVID vaccine for, for companies over 100 employees, um, this the thing that scares me to death is if that is the way that some people exodus some of these some of these other jobs and we have more openings because people will refuse to work for a company that's going to mandate them to get vaccinated um the supply chain disruptions what it means to food and the cost of our goods and the availability of our goods and keeping groceries on the shelves and keeping presents in the stocking come christmas i don't know how this isn't going to end really really badly with the with the direction we're headed pam um i just do not know no, we're so deep into this problem, and so many people are not taking you know, politically or whatever we need to direct action. I don't know how we stop this from getting worse before it gets better, Pam. It is a, it is an everyday occurrence to try to manage this dynamic of inflation and the lack of manpower right now. Yeah, well, and let's talk a little bit about our the the financial health of our ethanol. Uh, processors, you know, when we spoke previously, some had just decided to toss in the towel and shut down. Our our Wisconsin facilities, I believe there's nine back up and running to the best of your knowledge, Eric. Uh, And again, they've got margin to make up from being shut down. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right, Pam. And and again, I I really, it's important to give credit where credit's due, and we really should commend this administration in the state of Wisconsin, who recognized the importance of ethanol and did put some funds. Um, in 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 albeit it's it's a it's a it's a small bandage on a on a big hemorrhage, but um, nonetheless, it's it's significantly important. It came at a very very important time. It was significantly important for us to keep the doors open and keep the employees uh, employed. So we were really really appreciative of the state help that came um, uh, eight months ago or so. Um, but in the meantime, right now with where we're at, Pam, the good news is as far as an industry goes, we have seen the consumer start driving again. We have seen a lot more road trips where maybe in the past those would have been airplane flights. And what we're seeing is we are seeing increasing and growing demand back into our, our, our fuel supply. And anytime you have that happen, that's a good thing for ethanol so that we can be selling our ethanol as a blend in, in, into, into our higher blend fuels, the 10%, the 15%, and the higher blends. And so Fortunately, with that demand uptick, uh, we are in an environment where we are able to afford to pay these kind of corn prices and these, you know, increased historically basis numbers, and 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 keep making this all work. Um, and we we all got a good wake up call of how important it is to have the ethanol industry running, whether it be the CO2 or the proteins or the fats that go right back into the marketplace. So not only is it from the fuel side, but all the co-products now are restored to a somewhat more more historically um, normal uh, rate of operation. But again, uh, the final part of that chapter will be we need to restock the uh, corn supplies out here. And once that happens, I I do think you'll see the Wisconsin ethanol industry uh, return to full run rates and uh, some kind of normalcy, if we uh, any of us know what that means anymore. Right, right. Another product that we had discussed, Eric, uh, during the pandemic 
a, a product that came naturally to the ethanol industry was the hand disinfectant. Uh, although a low margin item, uh, it was mostly done as a humanitarian uh, effort. Did uh, Badger Ethanol, for example, stay with that line or are you guys back to focusing on your primary, which of course is ethanol production? And to your point, and, and again, just commend you for always being on point, Pam, is we did do it out of the need and out of the necessity of what the community wanted. It wasn't a, a very profitable segment. It wasn't a high-volume segment. Um, it was more of us doing what we could do to help. Since uh, since we were doing that, um, the supply had blossomed. Um, and as you could see by the way Farm and Fleet and some of the others in the state were giving it away here three weeks ago, um, the supply chain has been re- re- reestablished on, on the hand sanitizer. And so we have exited from the hand sanitizer for the meantime and focused on, on getting our, our product into fuel and, 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 and doing what we traditionally have done here. Um, there are some that stuck with it with a segment of their business, but um, we haven't. So I think in the state, I think it would be pretty fair to say it's probably a 50-50, 50% probably kept some form of that in operation, and Badger State Ethanol um, uh, mothballed that for the time being. Sure, sure. Well, it's going to be a continuing story with all of our ethanol facilities across the state trying to rebuild that pipeline as far as their corn stocks are concerned and keeping the lights on and trying to just keep everything going in still a very uncertain situation when it comes to the supplies they need from people right on through to that steel. Eric Hushett. He's CEO and general manager of Badger State Ethanol in Monroe, also president of the Wisconsin Biofuels Association. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. You rarely think about it, and it often goes unnoticed until your basement or building floods. A reliable sump pump can be a lifesaver, preventing flooding by detecting water levels and pumping the water back outside, away from your home or business. If your sump pump isn't functioning, contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing. They can replace your existing sump pump, floats, and check valves. They'll even upgrade your current system to include a battery backup system. The battery makes sure your system continues to work in the event of a power outage. Away from home? Receive pump activation alerts on your smart device. Enjoy peace of mind and improve the value of your property with an upgraded sump pump from Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses, I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. On August 25, 2021, the Madison Police Department was contacted by a Wisconsin resident living outside of Dane County. The reporting party told MPD that they received a call from a 608 area code. The caller identified himself as a fundraiser working on behalf of MPD collecting money for injured officers. When reporting the incident, the reporting party said they did not provide any money to the caller and that the caller hung up when the reporting party told them they were uncomfortable with the call. MPD is not involved in any telephone-based fundraising efforts and will not attempt to collect funds over the phone for any reason. MPD would like to remind residents to be extremely cautious if providing funds to anyone over the phone. Never provide funds in the form of gift cards and contact your local police department if you're suspicious of a call you have received. If you have any information regarding similar calls, please contact the Madison Police Department at 255-2345. If you wish to remain anonymous, please contact Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can receive up to $1,000 in cash rewards for tips that lead to an arrest. 
You bet she thinks your tractor's sexy. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Uh, and Adam, time to talk about the weather. It's a Compere Financial Ag Weather Friday. Stu Muck, our ag meteorologist, joining us this morning. And now it looks like that chance of rain got pushed a little later into the day. How much are we thinking between now and Monday night, Stu? Well, between now and Monday night, the only real rain chance will be late today and tonight. There may be something redeveloping late Monday. I've been looking historically at the system that's just west of Wisconsin. About a half inch has fallen in some parts of Minnesota, Twin Cities, and uh, further up into the eastern side of the state. That's kind of still uh, what I would expect in Wisconsin, and that's in areas where rain may be heavier we may only talk about a quarter inch or so in most areas, so not a big deal. The front itself has moved on into the state, lining up from northwest Wisconsin down to northeast parts of Iowa, and there is a line of rainfall from far northwest Wisconsin into the Twin Cities, south-central Minnesota into northwest parts of Iowa. That rain will move east and push northeast along that frontal boundary, so expect some rain to develop. It will be this morning at La Crosse and then by midday at Mauston and not until this afternoon and evening. The further you head west, oh, three, four o'clock, Madison, Beaverdam, Fond du Lac, Oshkosh. That's when rain moves on in. A couple of tenths of an inch at most is what I expect. Although if there were to be a thunderstorm in the neighborhood, a little localized heavier rain, maybe pushing near the half inch could be seen. But that should be about the extent that cool front passes. Winds become northwest yet through most of today and we cool it off a little bit for Saturday, it dries out, sunshine and really warm air returning Sunday ahead of our next rain possibility toward late Monday or Monday night when another round of showers or storms will move back in. I'll have forecast details right after this. The Wisconsin Soybean Association works hard to share the voices of Wisconsin soybean growers at the state and national level. And you can become a member at badgerbean.com. Besides a voice in Washington, WSA members receive free seed, discounted event tickets and products. Not to mention news on the latest in soybean research and technology. And being a member of the Wisconsin Soybean Association also makes you a member of the American Soybean Association. So join today at BadgerBean.com and help the Wisconsin Soybean Association go to work for you. Rural Mutual Insurance Keeping Wisconsin strong If you're interested in a rewarding career with a strong Wisconsin company, Rural Mutual Insurance is looking to add to their growing team of successful employees and agents. Apply online today at ruralmutual.com slash careers. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. All righty, Stu, button her up for us this week. What do we got to look forward to? Well, western Wisconsin has more clouds and that shower or thunderstorm possibility already this morning. Some sun in the east, but the clouds build in. The shower chance later afternoon and evening the further east you are. Temps in the upper 70s, maybe some mid-70s in the west early on. And south winds become northwest in the day about 5 to 10. Like I said, a couple of tenths of an inch of rain, maybe near a half if we have a thunderstorm. Clouds early, clearing overnight. We fall down toward 50, a few upper 40s. North winds at 5 to 10. Sunny, night. Mid-70s tomorrow, northeast winds at 5, sunny and warm Sunday, low and mid-80s expected. South winds at 5 to 10, those upper 70s and 80s stick around Monday, Pam, with that rain chance late in the day or over Monday night. All right, that's what we'll plan for then. Have a good weekend, Stu. We'll catch up with you on Monday.
Absolutely. See you then. Stu Muck is our ag meteorologist with weather details that you're looking for. All brought to you courtesy of our friends from Compure Financial. Compure Financial is your committed partner to agriculture and rural America. Remember, you can find a location near you and more about Compure Financial online at compure.com. Uh, don't forget, as far as agribusiness news is concerned, you can have it basically spoon-fed to you every day with our email e-newsletter. Simple to get signed up. All you need to do is go to MidwestFarmReport.com, give us your email, and we'll basically take it from there. Again, MidwestFarmReport.com and our e-newsletter. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Did you suffer a loss from the recent wind or hailstorm only to be let down by your current insurance company? When other companies offer you only one solution, Madison's Prairie Land Insurance Agency offers you a wide array of personalized, affordable options. Is your current policy really the best? Talk to Prairie Land Insurance Agency, your local, independent, home and auto insurance agency. For your free insurance review, call 251-3009, Prairie Land Insurance Agency. Our Our best best is the the very very least least we can do. On August 25, 2021, the Madison Police Department was contacted by a Wisconsin resident living outside of Dane County. The reporting party told MPD that they received a call from a 608 area code. The caller identified himself as a fundraiser working on behalf of MPD collecting money for injured officers. When reporting the incident, the reporting party said they did not provide any money to the caller and that the caller hung up when the reporting party told them they were uncomfortable with the call. MPD is not involved in any telephone-based fundraising efforts and will not attempt to collect funds over the phone for any reason. MPD would like to remind residents to be extremely cautious of providing funds to anyone over the phone. Never provide funds in the form of gift cards and contact your local police department if you're suspicious of a call you have received. If you have any information regarding similar calls, please contact the Madison Police Department at 255-2345. If you wish to remain anonymous, please contact Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can receive up to $1,000 in cash rewards for tips that lead to an arrest. Compure Financial helped us get into our forever home. They helped me expand more than acreage. And helped our dairy grow for the next generation. At Compure Financial, we see potential in every plan. Our focus on exceptional client experience is at the heart of everything we do. And our financial team will help make every step easy and convenient. See why our clients trust us to make their goals possible. Compure Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and equal opportunity provider. And MLS number 619731, copyright 2021, all rights reserved. We're on mutual insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. When a company only does business in Wisconsin, that's Wisconsin Strong. Rural Mutual provides all lines of insurance, including commercial, farm, home, and auto. And your premiums stay right here to keep Wisconsin strong. Local agents, local underwriters, local claims adjusters. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's the grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for money-saving member benefits, like savings on select Ford trucks and more. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. What have we here? Crackers. At least I think they are. 
They're in a cellophane wrapper. There are two of them. Crackers always travel in pairs. They snap like crackers. Crumble like them, too. Nine out of ten cracker eaters would give them a positive ID. But these aren't crackers. They're dinner. Jim Krevix for five days straight. There are people like Jim all across Madison. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll supply people like Jim over $950,000 in food through Dane County's busiest food pantry. Just one part of the more than $1.4 million in clothing, shelter, furniture, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. Doctor? Doctor. Tom and Tom of Tom's Auto Center. We offer routine maintenance and precise surgery for your vehicle. Plus, Valvoline professional services to protect the health of your car. Does your doctor give you a warranty? We do. More than mechanics. At Tom's Auto Center, we're more like family physicians for your car. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. Tom's Auto Center. Often the road to home ownership can be uncertain, but by choosing the right mortgage company, you'll quickly get on the right path. I will make sure you have the best mortgage loan, the best interest rate, and lowest closing costs. You'll get the knowledge you need to feel comfortable about your buying decision. And MLS number 222652. Was that the worst performance Aaron Rodgers has ever displayed, put out on a field with that whatever it was against the Saints? Yeah, it's in his worst two or three. That, that That's for sure, Evo. I mean, you remember, the, I think it was a Sunday night game. They played the Broncos about five, six years ago. I think Peyton was still there, and he had a passer rating that night of about uh, 36 or something. He was 36-8 the other day, Evo. You know, if you remember in 2014, they were fighting for home field advantage down the stretch, and, and, and they, all they had to do was win their last couple of games and they would have got it done, and they, they went to Buffalo, I think it was about mid-December that year, and he was just god-awful against, I think, probably a Bills team that ended like 6-10, and 7-9. and nine. I think he had a passer rating that day of about 34, Evo. I mean, he was terrible. It, it was the third lowest performance of his career, and you could say certainly from you know a, a, a body language standpoint, um, just how you know he, he interacted with people on that team. Um, honestly, Evo, just a, a guy that, I, that didn't really even seem that that he necessarily cared or cared to be there. You could certainly rank it as the worst performance of his career, and nobody would argue with you. Well, Rob, it was one of those things. Like we heard all off season, how the great they were looking in practice, how this offense returning all the starters, uh, you know, adding another piece to an Amari Rodgers, and then you have you know third year in the Matt Lafleur system, and then you get all this last dance connotations. And when you hear last dance, you think Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, right? Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Michael Jordan, the best to ever do it, and his sidekick Scottie Pippen. And then you go out there, and it looked like. Carl Malone and John Stockton, you know, like what, what, what was it just lack of preparation and no, you know, preseason that they played in? Like what went wrong for the Packers, Robbie? 
Yeah, I, I got a kick, certainly, and I think we talked about it on the show at one point, Evo, when they when they posted the Jordan Pippen picture on Instagram, and I, and I think I told you then they should have used Amari Stoudemire or Steve Nash, because that's about as much as those two guys <laughs> have won together. Um, you know, what one, one ring between the two of those jokers. Yeah. So, no, I, I mean, honestly, Evo, I mean, the quarterback looked like a guy who spent his offseason, right, playing guitar in Hawaii and backpacking through Europe and running around wherever with his with it, with it, with it, with his new girlfriend, and and didn't go to mini camps, and didn't go to OTAs, and and honestly, Evo didn't spend a minute preparing or thinking about boy, this Dennis Allen, the defensive coordinator in New Orleans, is one hell of a sharp dude, and and he's had six months, seven months, whatever it was, five months from when the schedule was released to prepare for the Green Bay Packers, and he might throw some stuff at us that that maybe I'm not used to seeing or accustomed to seeing. That's what Rogers looked like, Evo. He looked like a guy who was completely absent offseason, um, had, had no chemistry and no rhythm whatsoever built up with his receivers. And, and I'll be honest, Evo, I was even tricked a little bit, you know, just from watching a number of practices into thinking that this group was going to kind of roll out there and do what they did last year. And then, and then you kind of remember and you realize the game doesn't work that way. Right. It, you know, all these other guys are grinding in March and April and May, and they're showing up and they're building chemistry together as a group. And 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 quarterbacks and wideouts and tight ends are getting on the same page. And you know, you're you're getting in sync with your offensive line and stuff like that. And you've got to do it. You've got to do it year round, Evo. I mean, you you really do. I think in in today's football, Look and, and showing Brady. up for sixteen or eighteen practices against what looks like it's going to be a pretty lousy defense just isn't enough to get you ready for the start of the season. And that's what Rodgers looks like, Evo, from a performance standpoint. And then from an attitude standpoint, and I even said this to somebody Sunday night, he looked like a guy that just wasn't invested, didn't care. Um, You know, he told Aaron Andrews earlier in the day he has nothing left to prove, and he certainly played that way, didn't he? And I I said to somebody Sunday night, you watch on, on, on Tuesday, they'll be yucking it up with Pat McAfee again, and sure enough, there he was, yucking it up. <laughs> Rob Reichel joining us right now from Forbes.com, Conley Media as well. Rob, yeah, it was, uh, I mean, what Rodgers say? Matt LaFleur called it embarrassing. Rodgers said, I'll let LaFleur use those words, but we're going to move on. And Devontae Adams yesterday, I think it was on Sirius, I forget what show he was, he was on, but he was saying that we're just going to flush it, forget it, and move on. I mean, that's the but you can do, though, right, Rob? You, got, you can't change what happened. You can only hope to get better and move on. They got the Lions coming up. But real quick before we you know, talk this matchup coming up for Monday Night Football, Robbie, speaking of the Lions, defensive coordinator Joe Barry was once with the Lions. They went 0-16. Joe Barry's <laughs> defense, Robbie, uh, did not look like it was going to be better than Mike Pettin's. Was Joe Barry brought in to be better than Mike Pettin? Or was it, hey, I know we got Jimmy Leonard, but he said no, so now let's go to a guy that's been there, done that, and be safe. Sows, cows, plows. Heck, anything connected to farming's on the menu here. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, we're about 10 days away from the granddaddy of the dairy show. World Dairy Expo returns to the Alliant Energy Center in Madison. Theme this year, instrumental to the industry. And you can imagine there's been a lot of planning. This is an international show happening in Dane County. So uh, there probably were some questions about what the show is going to look like. We'll get the latest details with Katie Schmidt, Communications Coordinator for World Dairy Expo. She's our guest on a finally Friday morning. I'm Pam Yankee. Now, from the Alcivia Farm News Desk, here's what's happening on a Friday. So today is the 17th day of September. On this day in 1862, probably the single deadliest day 
of the American Civil War happened at the Battle of Antietam. It was a battle that happened near Antietam Creek in Sharpsburg, Maryland. They estimate that in that one day of battle, at least 4,000 soldiers on both sides died. That was on this day back in 1862. And here's an interesting one for you sports buffs. On this day in 1935, Wisconsin ball player Len Kennecke was killed by a pilot in a plane. Now, let me let me work this one through for you. So Len Kennecke grew up in the Baraboo area, baseball player that played for the New York Giants, as well as the Brooklyn Dodgers, a little bit of time with the International League Buffalo Bisons. So the Dodgers were getting ready to play against the Cardinals, and Kinnicky was told that his season was over. He caught a plane trying to get back to New York. Well, during the flight, Len Kinnicky drank a quarter whiskey, got very drunk, harassed other passengers, even struck a stewardess. He was so bad, the pilot had to sit on him to restrain him, and then they basically shackled him to his seat. He fell asleep in the airport after they landed and then tried to catch another plane, plane trying to go to Buffalo and catch up with the Bisons. Well, Kennecke, again, got disruptive on that plane, tried to take over the cockpit. So the pilot actually took a fire extinguisher, hit him in the head. Other passengers tried to subdue him. Well, they made an emergency landing, found out that that hit to the head caused a cerebral hemorrhage for Len Kennecke, and he had actually died. The two men, the pilot and the passenger that tried to control him, were charged with manslaughter, but they ultimately were found not guilty. Wow, that's a weird one. That, that, I, that I just had to share a little bit more with that one on uh, Wisconsin history on this day back in 1935. And now you know. We now know the three finalists for this year's Wisconsin Leopold Conservation Award. Now, remember, that award's designed to recognize farmers and landowners that inspire others with their dedication to land, water, and wildlife habitat. Congratulations to the three finalists, Mike Berg of Blanchardville in Lafayette County, Charlie Hammer and Nancy Cavazanjan of Beaver Dam in Dodge County, John and Dorothy Prisky of Fall River in Columbia County. They are your three finalists. Now remember, this annual award comes with a $10,000 cash check plus a beautiful uh, recognition award. And the award itself will be presented uh, later this year at the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation's annual meeting in Wisconsin Dells. But congratulations to those three. If you want to find out a little bit more about the efforts that they've made protecting the land, the water, and their wildlife habitat, we've got details up at MidwestFarmReport.com. This is the Midwest Farm Report. Home field to farm and everything in between. It's why the kids from Wisconsin say it's a great way to start your day. You know, we may have a little rain in the forecast for today and even front part of next week, but that's not the case for a lot of the upper Midwest. The latest U.S. drought monitor shows short-term dryness is extending in the Midwest as the western United States continues to deal with a prolonged severe drought. 
The Midwest dryness is favoring summer crop maturity and obviously some field work, but it's something you've got to think about in the long term when it comes to reducing topsoil moisture and how we're going to get some of our fall seeded crops started. The Department of Agriculture is also reporting that topsoil moisture was at least one-third very short to short in each Midwestern state except Wisconsin. So like I said, we are the exception, not the rule. Markets in overnight electronic trade this morning are definitely trending lower. Right now, we've got December corn down a penny, 528 and a half. November soybeans this morning are down seven and a quarter at 1288 and three quarters. December wheat's down a quarter of a cent right now, 712 and three quarters. July new crop wheat down a penny and a quarter at 705 and a half. In the dairy markets yesterday, not a lot of change. Barrel cheese was unchanged at 149 and a quarter. 40 pound block cheese unchanged at 179 and a half. Double A butter down three and three quarters cents on Thursday to $1.79 per pound. October milk right now is currently unchanged at 1715 a hundred weight. The November milk currently up four at 1702 a hundred weight. Hey, don't forget we've got rain in the forecast starting as soon as this afternoon. Get involved with our Midwest Farm Report talk text line and let me know what kind of rainfalls you're seeing. That number, keep it around, 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. You can call that number or you can text that number. And if you've got a question or you've got a subject you think we should discuss, you can use that number to report or ask about that as well. 877-301-FARM. And remember, every month we draw a random winner for a rural mutual insurance weather station. So get ready with your rainfall reports and talk or text them in 877-301-3276. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank, your local independent bank. We are the premier provider of commercial, treasury, mortgage, and private banking services. Our team blends experience with the latest technology to make banking easier. We provide the advice and solutions you need. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank, timely decisions, people you know. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Landscape Envy? That's what you create when you add Kalani Wash Decorative Stone to your landscape. Choose from our selection of multicolored stones for around trees, shrubs, and under decks. Plus, we offer gravel stone for walkways, driveways, and a base for patio bricks and retaining walls. Visit KalaniTopsoil.com, or you can simply pick it up at our awesome processing plant. Kalani Topsoil. Now that's good dirt. And good-looking decorative stone. Monona Plumbing and Fire Protection. Summer savings are yours at Monona Plumbing and Fire Protection. Replace your water heater and softener in the same visit and get a $100 discount. We've got you covered 24 hours a day, 7 days a week for all your commercial and residential plumbing services. From installation, repairs, and maintenance to complete sewer and drain cleaning. Visit MononaPFP.com. Monona Plumbing and Fire Protection. A name you can trust when service is a must. Hey everyone, we've been through a lot together. And if something's bothering you, remember that it's okay. Do not feel okay. You know what I think really helps? 
talking to someone. No, Fred, I mean a professional. Your next doctor's appointment is a great time to bring up anything that's on your mind. Your doctor will listen because providing safe care your way means caring about how you feel. Unity Point Health Meritor, a partner of UW Health. Know how much you matter to this world. If your workout includes baling hay and pitching pens, then you'll be comfortable right here. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. And they'll be doing all of that during World Dairy Expo 2021. It's returning to the Alliant Energy Center September 28th through October 2nd. But the show may look a little different. It's an international show, and we know because of traveling restrictions, some of our international guests won't be able to be a part of the show physically on grounds. And of course, the show is being held at the Alliant Energy Center. That's in Dane County, where there are mask mandates. What does it all mean? I caught up with Katie Schmidt, Communications Coordinator for World Dairy Expo, and asked her to explain what it's been like trying to pull this show together with literally protocol changes every day. It literally changes every day. Yeah, we are working with public health officials, county officials at the facility to make sure we are doing our part to host a safe event for not only our attendees and exhibitors, but also for the greater Madison community. We are a part of this community. We want to support them economically and bringing our event back, but also realizing we are bringing our event back. Um, So we do have COVID-19 policies that align with the current orders from public health uh, on our website for people who are coming to our show that they can figure out what they need to be packing, what they need to be prepared for. Um, But it's still going to be that great gathering place of the dairy industry that we're used to seeing each year. Right. And remember, folks, like we said, it is Dane County. So the mask mandate had been extended until beyond World Dairy Expo, which was a recent announcement. And again, that is a unique situation because World Dairy Expo has got indoor, outdoor and a combination of facilities that we'll be using. We do, yes. The emergency face covering orders is for enclosed public spaces. That's a really key part in understanding what to expect when you get on grounds. So our cattle housing facilities in the New Holland Pavilions and the cattle tent are not enclosed. Those are wide open spaces. The fans are blowing. It's state-of-the-art air facilities in there. So those are not going to be mask mandated. Obviously, people are welcome to wear a mask if that makes them more comfortable in attending. Uh, We want people to be comfortable being there, but just be aware that when you are in an enclosed space, so thinking like the exhibition hall, the trade center, the Coliseum, um, potentially the arena building, if you're at the tan bark, those we will be asking that you do wear a mask in those spaces. You know, it's it's been such a on again, off again situation with uh, numbers and so forth. So give them the latest numbers that you've got, Katie, both as far as international attendees and what we know, and that can change day of. So again, remember, folks, this is all in flux, but attendees, as far as those that are coming to see the show, your exhibitors and the ones that draw us all, the cattle numbers. How is it looking? Yes, well, our international numbers are always very much in flux until the show. So we never know who's coming, who to plan for, who to expect. We have services available for those international guests when they get here, but we just don't ever really know for them. Uh, We are expecting that that number will be a lot smaller than what we're used to due to federally mandated border restrictions. Um, World Dirt Expo has not put anything in place that said, hey, we're not welcoming you this year, but... The governments have. So we're working through that. So are they. We've got virtual live streaming available for those friends who can't come. 
Our trade show number is, it's going to be a, a different footprint for our trade show. So the Trade Center is expanded. It's relocated. It's going to be a great space for our trade show exhibitors. The Coliseum layout looks a little bit different. And there's going to be just a few less exhibitors, but still great products, great services, great companies, and still having a global presence, even if most of them are based here in the U.S., and then, of course, the cow show numbers, we are right on track for 2019 and for the 2021 show. So it is shaping up to be yet another great dairy cattle show on the colored shavings. You know, I've got to believe, although you've obviously been minding the details on how to manage an international show with the pandemic extending, but you know the dairy community and how valuable just getting together and seeing each other and of course always around the cows i've got to believe that when everybody got the confirmation that world dairy expo is going forward 2021 that the gratitude was probably pretty palpable yeah we've been on a roller coaster ride this year and really over the last 18 months like so many other large events and when we, this summer, when we were just finally able to say, yes, we are happening, we are moving forward, we are confident that it will be back, there was this just sigh of relief, and then excitement just kept building and building and building as people realized that it meant we could gather again. Because the dairy industry, like you said, Pam, we are such a face-to-face group. We love to talk to people. We love to just be in the same space as each other. And World Dairy Expo is that one place every year where people can do that. And when we canceled last year, we missed out on that. So there is so much excitement and and anticipation for the show coming up on September 28th through October 2nd. Now, you know, one thing I also want to remind people about, a little history from the old broad. World Area Expo had tools in place before anybody heard of this pandemic to allow for virtual engagement around the world, uh, the cow show being live-streamed. I mean, there was another biosecurity issue, what, over 10 years ago now, that brought virtual farm tours into play. So this kind of a pivot is not foreign ground to World Dairy Expo. As hard as it is to believe, I guess that's a good way of looking at it. Yes, we we did pivot in about 2001 with a foot and mouth outbreak in Europe uh, for biosecurity measures. We said, hey, folks, if you're coming to Expo, don't go visit local farms. We want to protect those herds. So we also then said, let's make virtual farm tours happen at our show. And we're celebrating our 20th anniversary this year of doing those virtual farm tours. And it's another great lineup, as it always is. But yes, our virtual components are not new to us. It's something we've been doing for years. And sometimes we forget how special it is that we really do have a hybrid show before we even knew what hybrid meant in the event space. So our dairy cattle show is live streamed on three channels all day long, as long as there's action in the show ring. And then our education components are also live streamed on a fourth channel. So people from across the world or just down the street who don't can't come or don't want to come this year, can still enjoy everything that World Dairy Expo has to offer. And just because life was not complicated enough trying to mind our way through this, uh, World Dairy Expo is offering some new elements. Now, you mentioned about the Trade Center. Uh, You'll want to explain a little bit more about that. And then musical entertainment. Suddenly, the cows aren't just good enough. We want to kick up our heels, too. I love talking about the new things that are coming to Expo, and it's so fitting that we brought music in this year because our theme is instrumental to the industry. It it is actually music-themed, and we said, hey, what a great time to host a concert. So on Friday night, we're going to have a free concert called the Sunset Celebration. 
featuring Dylan Carmichael and Megan Patrick. They're both Nashville recording artists. And those tickets are available online. You do have to reserve your tickets, even though they're free, uh, because we do have limited space in the tan bark. And then the tan bark is one of those other really exciting pieces. It's the arena building is converting to a bar and grill all week long. There will be educational speakers in the morning in that space. And then each night from four to six, there's happy hours with more live music, with free beer, with some light refreshments, and just a great space to engage with your friends and family or new acquaintances you meet at the show. Uh, So those are a couple of those great new features that we're excited about is the Tan Bark, the Sunset Celebration Concert, and then that Trade Center we talked about earlier where the World Forage Analysis Super Bowl will now be located along with some trade show exhibitors. So that one you said is going to be kind of towards that Clarion Department of Revenue corner of the grounds. Correct. It will be on the east end of the outdoor trade mall. So that is looking at the Coliseum from the exhibition hall. If you look to your right, it'll be out in that parking lot. You can't miss it when you drive in. It's massive. Yeah, actually. Now, the other elements that are probably critical to maybe more of a local audience, uh, the little kids coming out, school tours, and some that always used to be a lot of volunteers needed for that, and I'm wondering what uh, what that may look like this year. Sure. So for our local friends who do know about those Expo school tours, uh, due to COVID, we did cancel that portion of our show. Uh, we saw that as a group that's really at risk of COVID-19, and I wanted to just kind of say, hey, let's pause. We're working with Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin and Alice in Dairyland to still provide some great educational materials for those fourth grade students. But unfortunately, they will not be on grounds this year. Uh, But really, that's the only event that, that we've canceled within World Dairy Expo this year. So let's talk about the volunteers. World Dairy Expo, like many agriculture related events, heavily dependent on volunteers. Some of those volunteers are a little long in the tooth, shall we say. They are veterans. They've been doing this for a while. How did you do, Katie, on bringing back those volunteers? Yes, our volunteer group is, we'll say they're seasoned. There we go. Uh, they're they're well marinated. Uh, but there's also some great young volunteers in that group. Uh, there are about 400 volunteers typically at World Dairy Expo. They're helping with everything from selling items in the Purple Cow gift shop to helping with the judging contests on Monday. They're working in the show ring all week long. They're in the commercial exhibit spaces. So we're fortunate that a lot of them are coming back. There are still some needs for volunteers, though. So if listeners out there are interested in being a part of Expo in a new way, feel free to reach out to us and we will hopefully find you a spot to come help us in two weeks. Definitely a show that depends on its volunteers. Katie Schmidt, Communications Coordinator with World Dairy Expo. Like she said, follow along and keep up to date on the latest news regarding the show at World Dairy Expo's website, as well as following them on social media. And of course, we'll keep you posted.